Uh, hopefully you have a handout. Um, it's the same one. We'll no doubt, looking at the time, be in it next week as well. I put some extra ones back there. The ones on the top were the full handout, which has been now like four weeks. Um, and then under the bottom, if you run out of there, I put some that's just what we'll be covering this week and next week. So if you don't have one, they're right back there. This is a um, casual enough time that you can feel free to go back and get one. And so we're talking about words, God's ideal for communication. And uh, we looked at basic communication truths that we should know that we have to anchor ourselves with. And um, in, in that, we reminded ourselves that Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Um, we reminded ourselves that it's very easy to just um, get casual about our words because we speak volumes of words every single day, and, and we can start to think it doesn't matter, but we looked at how words do matter, and in fact, we're going to give an account for every word. And so idle words are a big deal, and how we speak is important. And so we, we've looked at that, and then we're, we're going to go... We went into Proverbs, we're still there, we're looking at wise words from Proverbs, and then from Proverbs we're going to go to Ephesians, we're going to look at Ephesians 4, we're going to unpack it even a little bit more, now how do we actually take the wise words and use them, and then we'll probably um, finish looking at some individual topics, and no doubt some from uh, the book of James, which speaks a great deal um, about the tongue as well. So that's where we're going. The last two weeks, we looked specifically at Proverbs. We're taking Proverbs and dividing it down from the fact that there are um, obstacles or potholes or time bombs waiting for us in communication if we use certain kinds of words, and and they destroy relationships. And so uh, we just spent two weeks looking at five in particular. We, we could have made that series a month long, but but what were some of those words that we looked that we needed to stay away from. We needed to ask the Spirit's help to grow us in that area. What were some of those words? Anger. Angry words. Okay? What? Deceitful words. Thank you. Yes, deceitful words. Yes. All right. So we, we looked at, at um, a, a number uh, of those, five of them to be exact, Gossip, slander, um, deceit, anger. And we also looked at unguarded or um, just a, a volume of, of words that don't seem to have any purpose. And um, we're through with that. And so today we're going to look now on the other side of the coin, if you will, the, the bridges to communication or the, the positive aspects uh, of communication. Uh, again, I could pick many more, but I'm picking five, and uh, we're calling this uh, five ways uh, the lips of the wise benefit others or communication bridges. And again, if we go back to our, our, our key text, if you want to open your Bibles to Proverbs 15, that's where we're sort of using this. It's topical. It's not expositional from that standpoint. And so we are using the um, Proverbs 15, and we see there in Proverbs 15, 
Verse 2, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts out folly. And we see over and over again these couplets, these, these contrasts where there are wise words, there's foolish words, there's, there's words that build up, there's words that tear down. There is godly speech and there's ungodly and sinful speech. And, and over and over again in this comparison language, Proverbs unfolds this for us, so we're looking at a number of them. Look at verse 7. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not so. We talked about out of the mouth we speak what's in the heart. A word problem, a mouth problem is a heart problem. The heart is the target. And so uh, we've, looked at, we've looked at that from Proverbs, and now we're going to look at these five communication bridges that would come from um, someone who is a mature believer, controlled by the Spirit, that speaks, and, and Proverbs gives us plenty of instruction in this. So the first is words of wise counsel and sound advice. Words of wise counsel and sound advice. Chelsea just gave a testimony of how she has had other older women give her words of wisdom and sound advice about loving her husband and loving and caring for her children. That's exactly what Titus 2 says older women should be busy doing uh, and speaking the truth and building up younger women in this area. Wise counsel and sound advice. Look at Proverbs eleven fourteen. I have it there in your handout. Where there is no guidance or where there is no counsel... People fall, but in the abundance of counselors, there is victory or there's safety. And so the the wisdom that is involved in counsel, you're open to Proverbs 15. Look at Proverbs 15, 22. Without consultation, plans are frustrated. Have you ever done that? Have you just sort of on an impulse, something that was actually maybe pretty important, you just felt like it, and so you just did it, and like 30 seconds after you did it, you thought, what was I thinking? You don't have to answer that, because I know the answer to that, okay? And, and, and I stand here uh, guilty myself. It, 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 it's frustrating when we do that, and usually the plans that we've made from that kind of approach, um, we regret. And Proverbs gives us this warning over and over again. Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, there's success. With, with, with an abundance of people speaking truth into your life that see things from a different point of view, it's very, very helpful for you to make a wise decision. And it's one of the things that Proverbs says that we should be busy about. Look at Proverbs 24. Move forward, or backwards, I should say. Proverbs 24. And verse 6, for by wise guidance, or again, counsel, you will wage war. In other words, if this is a really big decision, um, it's, it, the consequences are going to be costly. Um, it's using war as an, as an example here. Uh, you better have some wise counsel. before You better count the cost, is the way Jesus put it. In the, in the New Testament. 
before a man builds a building, he counts the cost because he doesn't want to be a fool, get the building half done, and he can't do the other half. And, and so we as God's people need to get wise guidance because, second half of the verse, and in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. So if you're going to make this big decision, if you're going to wage this war, you want to do the best you can to ensure there's going to be victory and that, that isn't because you're smart enough to be able to, or I'm smart enough to figure it out all ourselves. We, we need an abundance of counsel to make sure we're, we're making the, the best decision. And so just some thoughts on that. First would be learn to give and receive wise counsel. You, you can learn that. Wise counsel is first and foremost from God's word in precept, principle, or application. You need to know the book. It's hopefully what we're doing in Sunday school. It's hopefully what you're doing when you're sitting under the Word on Sunday morning. We're, we're learning the Word. You're learning the Word each day as you're open the Bible because when you're going to give counsel, whether it's to yourself or whether it's to somebody else, you want to know what has God said and what did God mean by what he said because that's the first place we, we go. And so... Um, there's counsel from that, but there's lots of things in the Bible that you have to um, follow by principle, right? Most of the decisions that we have in life, you come to me and you say, um, I'm thinking about taking a new job and I'm just not sure what to do. What am I not going to be able to do? I can't turn to James 4 and say, oh, look, it's right here. It's in James 4. You should go to work for B&W. Am I going to be able to find that verse? No, and neither can you. So we have to, there's precepts, but then there's principles. I have to apply biblical principles to counsel. We need to be a people who learn how to do that for our own hearts and how to help our brothers and sisters in Christ apply principles. And from the principles then and the precepts, to be able to make wise applications. Well, I'm turning this right into an um, advertisement. I really think every single member would benefit by signing up to Mark Hager's, Dr. Mark Hager's MIT 101, 102, and 103. It's really a discipleship ministry class, but it can lead to you becoming an ACBC certified biblical counselor. But you may have no desire to become an ACBC biblical counselor. I understand that. But you will gain so much by taking that training on how to apply the word to yourself and then being able to um, give that kind of counsel uh, to others. As our biblical training and counseling center is expanding, more and more people are coming from the community because out there, there are no answers. All the answers they get from the world lead you nowhere and to the end to utter destruction and many people are coming to the end of themselves and they're coming here um, because of addictions or a failed marriage or anger problems or all the things that we talked about in the first few weeks and they come here and and we meet with them and we get them into our counseling structure we charge we charge intentionally so that they know it's not free. But we charge in such a way that after they see how much it's going to cost, depending on who, 
whose services they get, uh, you know, they're reactive to that. You mean to get free from um, my addiction? I'm going to have to pay $150 an hour? Well, um, yes, of course you are. Unless, would you like to do it for free? We do happen to have a ministry cycle. Well, what's a ministry cycle? Well, a ministry cycle is that you would get your counseling free, but you would sign an agreement that you would do all of your homework, and you would meet all your appointments, and that you would attend Sunday morning, Sunday school class, Sunday morning worship service, and a Sunday night worship service at least three out of four weeks. Now, if you would agree to do that, we, we as a church ministry, would be happy to, um, to cover the cost of your counseling. And, and we're having more and more people come. And so I don't have anybody sitting here right now that's in that situation, but it draws people in because most of those folks don't want to pay. But um, they are willing to commit that. What, what's our purpose? The same purpose that you have, Paul. We want to bring them in so they can hear what? The wonderful words of life, the gospel. And so they can connect with you. And so that they can come to Christ. And we're seeing the baptismal waters continually churn because of that. But we need more of you to take those courses. Not to be their counselors, but to be their advocates. We can handle the counseling, but we need somebody to help that they can call and help them follow through, meet with them once a week and follow through, making doing their, sure they're doing the homework, that, that kind of a thing. But even if you didn't go that route, even if you never wanted to be an advocate, just taking those counseling classes, 101, 102, 103, we offer them twice a year, would be an absolute blessing to you. Judy and I have taken them. I am, by God's grace, a certified ACBC counselor. How many people here have taken those courses? So, so look around, Don and Sherry, David and Cameron, and I can't see who's over there, Gloria. Uh, quite, quite a few people here. Steve, who, did I see Steve? Okay, Steve has. And uh, I'd love to ask that a year from now, and three quarters of the class would stick up their hand. Uh, it's a discipleship. It's, it, you come on Friday night, and it's Saturday to about 3 o'clock. It's a sacrifice, but you're going to do that three times. And in that three times, you will be amazed at how much you grow in Christ and your ability to handle the scripture. So, wise words of counsel and sound uh, advice is what we should be about. Proverbs says that over and over again. So we need to be available to help others give from the overflow of our time in the word and our walk with God. And we should... um, humble ourselves and seek counsel before we make any significant decision in life. Now let's talk about counseling for a minute. What is counseling? Counseling is help helping somebody else to understand what their options may be and what the probable outcome of the option is. What is not counseling? Counseling isn't making the decision for somebody else. Counseling isn't isn't even trying to manipulate them or putting any pressure whatsoever on how they make the decision. They're a free agent before the Lord. Counseling is helping them to understand there's a, we could take the precepts, the principles, and then apply those to Scripture and say to somebody, based on the Word of God, this is a probable outcome. This is what we can know. 
Here's what we can't know. You'll have to decide. You let God fill the gap. But you help somebody do that. And so uh, it's, it's very important. Counsel is not dictatorial. Um, counsel is not making a decision for, for somebody else. Counsel is helping to equip them so they can make a wise decision. And that's what we're talking about here, and that's what Proverbs is talking about when it says wise counsel or sound advice. I make you these suggestions. Here's what I think. If you're involved in making a decision that is even remotely going to somehow be life-impacting, then you need to get counsel. You don't have it within yourself to make those kind of decisions by yourself. Um, and you would be so much better off getting counsel. Counsel as I described, not dictatorial counsel, not, not somebody telling you what to do, but somebody to help you th- think through biblically what you're faced. Here's four things that I think you should have considering counseling. You should get counsel from, first of all, if you're married, your spouse. I hate to tell you how many times um, a husband or a wife has come to me in all of my years here and said, my husband just fill in the blank. My wife just fill in the blank. And, um, you know, it, it may not seem like much, but, you know, my husband just bought himself a new truck. It cost $52,000, and we can't afford it, and our payments are now $700 a month, Pastor Broden. You never mentioned it to me. Uh, those, those kind of things. Uh, th- they happen all the time. Well, why usually won't a person get counsel and make sure there's harmony with a spouse? We know the answer to that, don't we? Because I don't want the answer. I want to do what I want to do, right? So anyhow, you really, as a husband and wife, you know. You're bonded together in Christ. You're you're, you're one flesh. The first thing you should do is you ought to seek the wisdom from each other so that you're making decisions in harmony. So that would be the number one thing I would say. If I'm speaking to adult children here, it's not even open for um, discussion if you're not an adult child, but if you're an adult child, even if you're not living at home, I would say you would be really wise to get counsel from your, from your parents even though you're an adult. Before I went into the ministry, I'm almost 40 years old. I had made arrangements for my mother and father to come here to Lynchburg, Virginia, and talk with them and Judy and I about leaving secular employment and going into the ministry full, full time. I wasn't seeking their permission. I wasn't saying, I need, I need a yes or no from you, but I wanted to see what wisdom and what counsel would you give. Do you know what came out of that? My dad said, I don't understand why Timberlake Baptist Church doesn't have some kind of a retirement program for their employees. I wish that you would ask the church to give a consideration for that. I went back and asked the church for a consideration for that, and they came back to me and they said, you know, we can't do that because to do it for you, you would be the only one that would have that setting, and we didn't have it for everybody else, but that is a fantastic question, and it's something that nobody else has ever asked and we will pray and investigate that. And within the next 18 months, Timberlake Baptist Church began to provide a retirement program for their employees because my father gave me wise counsel, and then I took that back before employment. That happens a thousand times over when you'll just submit yourself to 
other people to get wise counsel. That's just that's one one example. Um, obviously, you should get wise counsel from what I would call a spiritual mentor, or your disciple, or your elder, your pastor. Get counsel from them, or another older godly man or woman that's a little bit further down the road, particularly in the area that you're seeking counsel in. So you, you, you should do that. What is it going to hurt? There's safety in a multitude of counselors. And then lastly, I would say, and this is perhaps going to surprise some, but I would say you need to get counsel from an expert in the field or the area that you're making a decision in, even if that person's not a believer. Because now we're talking about the technical aspect of it. All these others are one thing, but Matt and Vanessa, if you're making a decision about what kind of surgery little Matthew is going to have, I think it's wise to ask the church to pray. I think it's good to get together with all of these others that we've talked about and discuss with them, but I surely would want to talk to a bunch of doctors. I'd want to talk to somebody who's got some expertise in that area, but they don't decide for me. No doctors over me. I give a stewardship of my own body and my children's body, but I would want to find. Um, you may want to talk to me about whether you should buy this used car or not, um, just from a spiritual standpoint, but you don't want me to give you the blessing that this is a good buy. I don't know anything about a car. When I push the button or turn the key, if it doesn't work, I'm in trouble. Okay? You, you go to somebody, doesn't that make sense, that has expertise in that field, and then you take all of that counsel together... And you pray and you ask God to direct your steps. And he will. Uh, he, he will. So um, let's just close this section here with looking at B. There are many verses in Proverbs that point to the exact virtues that I'm talking about here. Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. It doesn't mean he obeys. He listens, he weighs it out, he thinks about it thoughtfully before he makes, makes a decision because he wants to please the Lord. He wants to do the right thing. Proverbs twenty eighteen. Prepare plans by consultation and make war by wise counsel. And so the first wise word or communication bridge that we should have with one another is is wise words of counsel for each other. And we should connect and we should be close enough that we can say to one another, I'm thinking about this. What do you think about it? Could we have a cup of coffee together? Could we we talk that through? Um, We should be in such such a... condition with one another where we have that kind of fellowship where we can look at that. Does that make sense? And that is, of course, exactly what Proverbs is stating here. So next week, I don't know if we can finish this up next week, probably two will be words of encouragement and spiritual exhortation. We're going to look more at that um, when we get to Ephesians, so I will hit that rather lightly. Words of loving reproof, rebuke, and correction. We need to talk about that because that's actually a positive, but we need to talk about how is it a positive. And then lastly, or not lastly, four words of witness, teaching, and prayer. Proverbs says much about that. And those are all um, communication and relationship bridges and then words that flow from a good sense of humor. 
And so you come back next week, maybe look at this ahead of time. And uh, we are out of time. And so with that, I will communicate to you, you are dismissed. <laughs>